Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 141 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for another day in your word. Help us receive the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 8. Jesus is preaching the gospel throughout towns and villages. There's mention of some women who were following him. Joanna is one woman mentioned, and she was the wife of Herod's household manager. Susanna is also mentioned, although we don't know much about her. These two women mentioned were upper-class women and helped provide for Jesus' ministry. There were others who financially supported Jesus, but it's interesting to note these women were specifically mentioned. Perhaps they were mentioned because Jesus cured them along with Mary of Magdalene of evil spirits. Then Jesus tells the parable of the sower who sowed seeds. Verse 15 is underlined in my Bible and says, But as for that seed in good soil, these are the people who, hearing the word, hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with patience. What is noteworthy for me is for those who are in the word and treat it with reverence, they will bear fruit in time, with patience, with patience, my friend. And then in verse 18, Jesus said, be careful, therefore, how you listen, for to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. Let us read, pray for understanding and spiritual knowledge and allow God to speak to our hearts. My spirit is always touched when I read about Jesus and the disciples in the boat as it was caught in a whirlwind. First, Jesus is sleeping. Then he asks the disciples why they had such little faith. He was in the boat with them. What could possibly happen to them while the Messiah was with them? They were safe in his presence. And that helps me remember that we are safe because he is with us as well. There aren't too many times Jesus said no in the Bible. However, we read about one of those times when the man with the many demons is relieved of them. He wants to accompany Jesus. It was an honorable desire, but Jesus told him no. He had a better plan for the man. Maybe this man didn't think so, and I probably wouldn't have either. He desired the peace he now felt and wanted to stay with the one who gave it to him. He may have been afraid to leave Jesus, wondering if his peaceful spirit would continue. Nevertheless, Jesus told him no. It must have taken courage to walk the other way. Let us take courage today, knowing Jesus' plan for us is better than the plan we may desire for ourselves. Lastly, I am struck by the belief the woman with the flow of blood had. She had been sick and unable to go to the temple for years due to this blood flow. If I was as sick as she was, I'm not sure I would have had the belief, strength, or fortitude to go find Jesus, even if I did hear he had cured so many people. But she did. She was determined to fight her way through the crowd and receive her healing. And it paid off for her. Where in our lives do we need to be just as determined as she was? Something to meditate on today. Jesus spoke about belief to the man whose daughter died. He said, do not be seized with alarm or struck with fear. Simply believe in me as able to do this and she will be made well. This man had just been told his daughter died when Jesus told him this. I can only imagine the Lord wants us to believe even when things look like they are void of help or hope. Let us believe in the one who can do all things. Well, let's see what Peter is writing in his final letter. Second Peter chapter three. He reminds the people that they will be mocked, especially in the last days. It seems people tire of waiting, but he encourages them to wait and remember. Remember what Jesus and the apostles had said. 
Verse 8 is underlined in my Bible and says, Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He tells them that God is never late. Verse 9 says, The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness, but he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. God wants every soul. He is waiting, waiting for everyone, and he will wait until that last one comes to him. He wants everyone to know him and be saved for himself. So Peter asks the people what kind of people they should be while waiting. Something to meditate on. I think of my children when they were kids and how waiting was so hard. As they grew up, they started to understand the purpose of waiting. May we, as we grow in the Lord, become better waiters and understand that waiting is something God is doing too. Peter tells them and us to wait with expectancy. He writes, be eager to be found by him at his coming without spot or blemish and at peace in serene confidence, free from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. He tells them to be on their guard and grow in spiritual strength. Let us pray for the same. Well, let's see what's happening in 2 Samuel chapter 19. There's a lot happening here in this chapter. King David is still living in banishment, even though his army defeated his enemies. He grieves for his son Absalom. Joab, his commander, went to speak harshly to David because of his grieving. It put a sorrowful spirit over his army. They had won, but David's actions made them feel as though they lost, maybe even worse, that their actions hurt instead of helped him. Joab tells David to go talk to the people and encourage them. The enemies had fled, yet King David had not been asked to return home. David's own tribe, the tribe of Judah, had not asked him back. So David sent word assuring them he would do them no harm. I'm sure they wondered if they would be killed by David because they showed loyalty to his son Absalom. So David sent them his assurance. We see some of the people who either lied to David or were against him in his departure from his kingship show up and ask for forgiveness. We also see the exchange that occurred with Mephibosheth and David. David asked him why he didn't come with him in his banishment. An excuse was given. It was difficult to ascertain the truth. So David split his inheritance with his servant Ziba. And the man who hurled insults and threw stones at David was forgiven. David wasn't looking for more bloodshed. There was, however, trouble brewing between the tribe of Judah and the rest of the Israelites. There was controversy over where David should reside. The rest of the tribes wanted him to stay on their side of the Jordan, while the tribe for Judah wanted him back with them. In chapter 20, the men of Israel returned unhappy. They started following a man named Sheba. When David initially got to his house in Jerusalem, he put his 10 concubines under guard and didn't go to them again. He provided for them until they died. Remember, they were defiled by his son Absalom. David was setting things in motion to go after Sheba and the men who followed him. He did not want a worse uprising than Absalom had just brought upon them. He called Amasa to him to assemble the troops, but Amasa was late in delivering them. So David went to Abishai. David sent Abishai and Joab after Sheba. When Joab met with Amasa, he killed him. All the men following Amasa soon followed Joab. He pursued Sheba who fled into a city. Joab and his men were attempting to bring down the wall of a city until he received a message from a woman. She asked him why he would destroy a city of God. That wasn't his intent to do, so he told her he simply wanted Sheba. She talked to the people in the city who then killed Sheba, and Joab went back to Jerusalem. It seems the unrest was settled, and Joab was made leader over all the tribes of Israel. Other leaders were named too as David's reign was reinstated. 
Psalm 141 is written by David and deals with the words we say. Verse three says, set a guard, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep watch at the door of my lips. Then David asks the Lord to help his heart not be swayed to evil. He doesn't want to deviate from a pure heart towards God. He wants to pray through the evil of others and stay highly connected to the Lord. I believe David knows the power in words as he writes, but my eyes are towards you, O God, in you do I trust and take refuge. Pour not out my life, nor leave it destitute and bare. Then he prays for God to keep him from the trap people have laid for him. We too can pray God will protect us from the evil ways of others. May we all pray and know God is our keeper. Let us pray. O Lord, strengthen our belief in you. Help us not waver in knowing you are stronger and more powerful than anything that can come against us. Thank you for being our keeper. Keep us from temptation and from the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.